Good morning. So that was quite the lead-up that Joe gave. I hope there aren't too many real high expectations about this morning, but I am going to tell you a little bit about the hope that is in me. He did reference uh, Steve Chastain and what he delivered to us last week as he began our series titled Hope That Is In You, and that is based off of 1 Peter 3.15, which says, But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. And so I am Jen Hobson, and I am going to give an account of the hope that is in me. But first, let us pray. Lord God, I, your humble servant, commit this time to you and invite you into this place to grace us with your presence and change us just a little more into the image of our Savior, Jesus. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord. And may you use my words to work what you will in the hearts of those who hear them. Amen. So my husband Rob and I have been a part of New Hope Community since its inception, which I consider back in 2001, when Grace Fellowship Church in Timonium first started having meetings just considering a church plant in the Owings Mills area. So uh, we still attended Grace um, for about a year and a half after that until New Hope really got its its start. But we were there at those um, first meetings very, very pregnant um, with our first son, and that was no coincidence either. And so, as Joe said, I have served in a variety of capacities, and the one that warms my heart the most is when I was given the title Default Announcement Girl. So, it is something that means a lot to me, and um, like I said, it was not an accident that we were about to give birth to our oldest son when New Hope was launched, and that became such an integral part of not just where we worshipped and who we met, um, but what God did in our lives, and... So I'm not really here. I'm here to tell you my story, but my hope is not that you're going to learn more about me. My hope is really that you're going to hear the story that God has given me to tell. And it is a story of God's restorative power. And so you're going to hear about my early life and what he did to restore members of my extended family and then what he did in my own family. And also that really over the last 17 years, the story that I have is a reflection of New Hope. Like Joe said, part of our goal in this series in August is to hear from people and to learn a little bit more about what God has given them to tell, but also a little bit more about who New Hope is and what we're all about. So I grew up in the Garden State part of New Jersey, where there does in fact exist a very rural area, and no, I do not have an exit. And do not talk to Jason Poling about me being from New Jersey. I would appreciate that. I am one of four girls, and my parents are both one of six kids, and they did not have very much growing up, and my parents worked very hard to give my sisters and I what we needed and some of what we wanted, often working two jobs. We went to a small Presbyterian church, and church was very much just a Sunday part of our lives um, and did not carry over into the rest of my life very much. I was hungry to understand who God was, but I really had no idea what it meant um, to follow Jesus. 
And part of that is because I could do a lot. So I could get straight A's, and I could make good friends, and I could have a boyfriend, close your ears, Rob, that I was certainly going to marry someday. And I could excel in gymnastics, and I could plan for a future that included college, something that no one in my very large extended family had done before. And so I could create and design my own happiness. And I knew what I wanted, and with the help of my very hardworking and loving parents, I could meet those goals and do those things. And so it sort of seems like the American dream, right? But everything for me was always in preparation for the next step. So it was always study, get good grades, move on to the higher level classes, you know, always preparing for college, compete in gymnastics, get high scores, move on to the next level of competition, get into college, have a rewarding career, always looking for what came next. And I have had a lot of joy in my life. My life is filled with good memories, um, but it often just wasn't enough. And the desires of my heart weren't satisfied, and I don't think I really knew what the desires of my heart were. And I didn't understand that in order to satisfy those desires, I needed to delight myself in the Lord, as it says in what is now my life verse. Psalm 37.4 says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. So as I was working very hard at doing good things, God was also working very hard at creating miracles. The depth of which I wouldn't understand until later in my adulthood. I had a very happy childhood, but my family was also had very real struggles, which included a half-sister that I did not find out about until I was 17, as well as addiction, both of which God would use to glorify himself with his restoring power. So I see the look in your eyes. You're like, what? A sister you didn't find out about until you were 17? Like, that's not a common family tree, right? I feel like even the people that know me, when I mention my sister Joan, they'll be like, wait a minute, Joan, back up. Oh, oh yeah, and then we even have to go through the story again. But to make a long story short, God took my sister Joan, whom my father had fathered before he met my mother. He raised her in a very loving home all the way across the country in Wyoming, and then worked very hard to bring our two families together to create a lot of love. Tristan, if you can put up the first slide, which should be a picture of me and my three sisters. And as you can see, you sort of look at them and think, which one does not look like the others? And there really isn't one. Um, so the beginning of that reunion, you can imagine, was very tumultuous. My parents have only ever been married to each other. but. Joan was at all of our weddings, and my mom considers Joan's kids her grandkids. And this past summer, Joan's adopted mother welcomed a handful of us to come out to Wyoming to go to my niece's wedding, which is amazing. You can turn the slide off. So that mother, her mother, her adopted mother, is a picture of the second part of my life verse of the psalm in verse 5 through 6. Commit your way to the Lord, and he will do this. He will make your righteousness shine like the dawn, the justice of your cause like the noonday sun. That is a very loving God at work to restore family. And I feel like it's a story that must be told. When we were out there at the wedding, I just had to... And, and I have been out there once or twice, but I don't have a relationship with Joan's adopted mother. And 
I hugged her and I just said, you are just a picture of God's love. Like, you are so excited for us to be here. And she said, the moment that you all came into our lives, very long time ago, I just had more daughters. I just had a bigger family. And that's incredible. So speaking of mothers, my own mother exemplifies Psalm 37, 5 through 6 as well. Because you see, my father, my father is a recovering alcoholic. He's been sober for just over 25 years now, and that took place my freshman year in college. And my mother did a great job of receiving the brunt of the conflicts over his drinking, so much so that I didn't really understand my sisters and I didn't really know he was an alcoholic. And she worked very hard to keep our family together. And so as the drinking increased in my later teen years, she really turned to God and her pastor and our church, and God did the rest. So there's no reason that my parents should be celebrating their 49th wedding anniversary this year, except for a God who restores. If you can put up the next picture, he's going to try. That's my parents' wedding picture. So you can't convince an addict to get help. You can't convince a man to pick his family over his habit. But you can hold on to a God who tells you that no matter what, I'm going to take care of you and I'm in control. All he asks is that you cling to him and have a hope in a God who restores. That hope is like the Israelites marching around the walls of Jericho in the book of Joshua. And it means obedience and it means devotion. And the walls of addiction did not come down in seven days. But my parents were eventually led to move to southern Virginia where they strengthened their marriage and they rebuilt their family, and slowly some of that extended family trickled down, and they developed a church family and friends and a business. And my dad has a group for men and other people just recovering from any kind of bondage and the way that he uses the life that my father had led up until his sobriety is amazing. And it has blessed countless people, and that's what God does It's the kind of restoration that I want people to know about. If you can put up the next picture. That's my parents a couple weeks ago when we were at the beach. So this part of my story is a story of restoration in and of itself. But for me, it really became the foundation of hope that I was going to eventually need in my own marriage. You can put the picture down. My mother walked around the walls of her husband's heart And years later, God would call me to do the same thing. So as I said before, Rob and I have been a part of New Hope since that vision was cast from Grace Fellowship. And I had discovered Grace at the end of my college years. And Rob and I were married shortly after, the year after we graduated college. And through their Sunday service and their multiple ministries, I felt like my faith doubled in speed to catch up to what I had left behind when I was in college. Um, And like I said, it was no accident that we gave birth to Jason, um, our first son, as we were planting New Hope. And in those first years, everyone had to pitch in. Everyone had to serve coffee and assemble our sanctuary um, at the base of a movie theater and bring equipment and do all kinds of things that no one was gifted to do necessarily or driven to do or motivated to do, but we did it. Um, And... 
It was also a time that we listened to that song, God of Wonders, a lot, especially in our house church, because that was one of the few songs that Rob could play. So that was fun. Um, But through all of that serving and working together and initial house churches and um, just spending time with each other socially, um, God knit us together. And we prayed and brought meals and had crying shoulders and praised and lived and grew and celebrated together. And that's what New Hope became, was a family. And I was now delighting myself in the Lord, not in what I was doing, but in what he was doing and blessing us with. And he was giving me the desires of my heart in and through him. So almost 12 years in the making, New Hope would become the body of believers along with mine and Rob's own parents and siblings that would lock arms of support when my seemingly happy marriage began to crumble. So in the spring of 2013, God called me to walk around the walls of Rob's heart. What had been invisibly to me happening to him the few years before that hit me like a ton of bricks out of nowhere. He was questioning his work, his purpose, his faith, his family, everything. And within 24 hours of this becoming knowledge to me, he moved out and we were separated for two months. Take a breath. But I had a hope in a God who restores more than I think I even realized. And so did the people who surrounded us. Rob moved in with a dear friend from New Hope. Men from this church and his Christian businessmen's group listened and counseled him And God put us in front of the number one marriage counselor. Shout out to Ken Ziegler. If you want his contact information, I will give it to you. It is still on my phone. And then countless ways that the body of Jesus were his hands and feet to us. People who cleaned our kitchen floor and grocery shopped and took our kids to go do fun things and literally stepped into battle as tireless prayer warriors. Some who aren't in this building right now, but who are praying so that I can graciously get through this sermon. And luckily, we didn't have people who told us what we wanted to hear, what this culture would tell you you wanted to hear. "Ah, It might be time. Maybe, you know, it's just not who you used to be. Maybe you need someone else. You deserve to be happy. Um, You know, move on. Find what you need, you, you, you. That's not luckily what we heard. We had brothers and sisters who sought to be what God wanted them to be, who sought God on their own and only wanted to speak truth in us for what God had for us. And it was messy, and it was ugly, and it was beautiful. And I experienced love and communion with God in a way that I would never imagine. Ways that he showed himself had me build an altar of shells on the beach and brought doves in front of my windshield driving down 695 and countless other miraculous things that I experienced. Not that I want to go through that again, but that was the beautiful part. And I remember very clearly in the midst of tears and pain one time while we were still separated saying to Rob, you cannot fix this. And you cannot take away the pain that you have caused me. But God can. And I had a hope in a God that 
no matter what happened to my marriage and my family, that I knew that God would still give me the desires of my heart in him and that he would still be there. And God was showing me that I could not fix this. I just had to have a hope in him, and he asked me to do something very hard for me. He asked me to do very little. He asked me to concentrate all my energy on what he was doing inwardly with me and with Rob and to walk around the walls of his heart and to just watch. Just watch and see what I'm going to do, Jen. And God literally asked me to only speak to Rob the words that he gave me. And if any of you know me, that is a miracle in and of itself. To close the mouth, to control the tongue is God at work. And he asked me to sing praises to him in the midst of the biggest storm of my life and to be able to know that he was enough. Last week, Steve talked about a time in his life when his wife, Shannon, prayed boldly for the impossible, something that was just an uncommon way for her to pray. And during this time in my life, prayer became my breath. The prayers of my dear sisters in Christ became my lifeline. And I soon realized that I needed them to physically pray with me every few weeks just to renew my strength and my hope, that I knew the amount of people that were praying for us, but I needed them to be in the room and put their hands on me and pray with me to get through. And it changed my ability to get up and go to work and be with my kids. And he restored me in different ways each time I cried out to him, read his word, prayed for him to restore Rob. No matter what that looked like for my relationship with Rob, I needed him to restore Rob and allow Rob to love his God and love his children. And it allowed me to declare it is well, even when it certainly didn't feel like it. I'm so thankful for the worship team this morning that I don't think many speakers say, hey, can you play each of these songs that I really want you to play, even though I'm not a musician and I know nothing about what goes into playing those songs. So I'm very thankful because each of those songs speaks about this story and, more importantly, the God that restores us. And when he wants us to say, it is well, because it's you, God, and I can stand just with you. So my hope now isn't a God that took my desperate cries and my worship and my obedience alone, and he made my righteousness to be his righteousness and shine like the dawn. The justice of my cause to be his cause and to shine like the noonday sun. If you can put up the next picture. So that's Rob and I at our wedding. Don't we look like babies? We're so little. Well, I'm little. We were young. And I love Rob. And he fell in love with me a second time. And God broke the chains this world had on Rob and gave him a renewed desire for his God and his wife and his family and his purpose. And our marriage is not perfect, but it is strong and it is a reflection of God's love. Can you put up the next picture? Maybe. That's us at the beach a couple weeks ago. As you can see the beach, hence the shell and the picture in your bulletin is my sanctuary and I think needs to be a place I should be at regularly because that's where God does amazing things in my life just saying 
you can shut the slide off. So right from the beginning of time, God has revealed his restorative power in the books in the book of Genesis in chapters 38 through 50, we find the story of Jacob and Joseph and his malicious brothers and imprisonment and long years of why God, what are you doing for God to shine his righteousness and bless countless people and restore a family and be a reflection of who God is throughout time. So if you've heard the story of Joseph and Jacob, I recommend that you just go back and you look at it slowly, and you see that power that God has and what he can then do in your life. Because through the ages God has been, he still is, and he will continue to be a God who restores things to himself, not necessarily the way that we think it should be, but he's going to restore. So I realize there are countless marriages out there that fail, and children who haven't been restored to their family And that despite the same amount of prayer and dependence on God, don't turn out with the same happy ending that mine did. I know there are some of you that are listening that are saying, that is a great story. I'm so happy for you and your parents and your sister and your marriage, but that just didn't happen to me. Or it's not happening to me. Or not happening in the life of someone that I love. But I still want to encourage you to have a hope in a God who restores. A God who will one day give you the desires of your heart that you might not even realize are those desires right now. And they might not be your current hopes and dreams. But it's something that he can fill because he's the only one who really knows what it is. And God's word reminds us that sometimes he works through generations. That restorative power might not be the here and now or ten years from now but might might be something that he's working for generations. So that's the hope in me. That's why I come to church on Sunday mornings. That's why I follow Jesus. And more than what I've been taught and what I've read is what I have walked through in my own life and how I have seen God as I have been blessed to walk through the messy parts of life with other people. And that's why I teach my children what I teach them is not just because there's this old book and there are these great stories and this will be a foundation for your life, but I've seen it and I've felt it and I know it's real. So do you need people to come alongside of you? Do you need people to pray with you, walk with you? Do you want to understand God as I do, as a God who is there and real and will restore? Because we have people here that want to do that with you. And that's why we have house churches, and that's why we have women's monthly prayer, and we have exciting, fun events, and we serve together. And like Joe said, we put in the time and the sacrifice because it will build bonds that will bring you joy but will also establish people that can be God's hands and feet for you. And if you're not sure where to start, talk to me, talk to Joe, contact one of our elders that are listed in your bulletin because we want to be that. So I just want to thank you for allowing me to share my story, the hope that is in me. And as we pray to wrap up, I think God is funny, and I think he cracks himself up. Because what I'm going to pray is what just happened to pop up in a daily devotional on my phone this morning. So bow your heads and let me close this.
God, you have been, you are, and you will continue to be so much more than we can ask or imagine. I'm so thankful that we are free to meet here. We are free to declare who you are in our lives and in your word. Give us the strength to tell our story, which is your story through us. Help us to be bold and choose you over what the world thinks of us and to let others in to see what you're doing. And with the verse that you gave me this morning, Romans 15, 13, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.